Welcome to Welcome to the Gun Show. I am joined by Derek. Hello, everybody. And Garrett. Hello, everybody. And tonight we welcome Mr. Jay Beal back to talk about uh, Factory Gun Nationals, the USPSA. Hey, guys, it's awesome to be back on. Thank you. We're, <laughs> we're really happy to have you back, Jay. Thank you for taking the time. Now, we're going to, we're going to uh, divert for a moment. Um, a couple of weeks ago, Albert announced that he would be giving away a couple of classes or free to our listeners. The entries have come in. Uh, we have made the, uh, the decision on who has won. And, very scientifically. Uh, very scientifically, of course. That's, that's how you know the show. We're, we're very precise. <laughs> technically perfect. <sighs> technically, yes. Not actually, but technically. <laughs> so our first winner is uh, Esti von Hagen, nominated by Siska Swanepoel. Uh, Siska said she's new to the sport and can really be- benefit from some of Albert's classes, and we agree. Our second winner got two nominations. Uh, Marcus van Dijk, nominated by his wife, Jeannie van Dijk. Uh, she said Marcus is a passionate uh, shooter and excited about entry shooting competitions. He's only participated in one so far, but it's done amazing things for his self-confidence. Uh, I'd like to help him improve in any way possible. There was a second nomination for Marcus from Hendrik Wittendahl. Marcus, by the way. Who <laughs> <laughs> said that uh, you're a new firearms owner and you're showing great potential for IPSEC shooting. Uh, congratulations, Marcus. And the final winner is Theo Vermeulen, nominated by Brendan Koch. Uh, Brendan says that Theo is a keen competitor and Brendan has been trying his best to help him, but Brendan lacks the ability to convey the, uh, the necessary advice for, uh, for Theo to improve. Uh, you would benefit uh, benefit greatly from uh, some of Albert's classes. And uh, having shot with Theo, I totally agree with that. So congratulations to you three, Esti, Marcus, and Theo. We'll get your details through to Albert as soon as possible. Yeah, congratulations, guys, and really enjoy the training. Definitely. Congratulations, and take as much as you can from the classes and, and enjoy the experience. Awesome. That's the end of the admin that we had to do. Now, <laughs> now we're getting into... Factory Gun Nationals, USPSA, Mr. J. Beale doing his first one. And uh, we were not surprised by the results, but boy, oh boy, are they spicy. <laughs> so we, we, the three of us sat pressing the refresh button on practice score competitor until we wore grooves in our screen going, how's Jay doing? How Jay's do- how's Jay doing? And we would like to point out, and we can't guarantee that it was related, but that Jay shooting his first ever USPSA Nationals is the only shooter to have been on the Welcome to the Gun show who shot his first shoot the US Nationals and finished fifth. So we think there's a link, um, but jokes aside, yeah, congratulations, man. That was fantastic. I mean, there was some serious heat at that match, and uh, to, to finish fifth is is a serious achievement. So we were really, really happy for you, man. No, yeah, that, 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 that was really great work, Jay, and it was really nice to watch the results coming through. Um, and just to let everybody know, at Jay's first nationals, he managed to place in at fifth, shooting 90% of Max Michel. So big congratulations, and that's a great achievement. Well done. And he took a stage one. Yes, he did. <laughs> now we're going to keep quiet and let Jay speak because we keep interrupting him. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess, I guess the takeaway would be like, if you can get on this podcast, then do that, you know? So be, bug these guys and then, then you know. It's, it, it's always good. It's always helpful. <laughs> <laughs> That's going on a t-shirt. If you want to be a future world champ, 
um, you know where to go. We can be bought. <laughs> yeah. For fairly, for fairly little money. Surprising yeah. enough. <laughs> we might be cheap, but we're not easy. So Jay, tell us about your, uh, your first US Nationals. It was quite a big match, 22 stages. Uh, shot over multiple days, some traveling yeah. involved. Some traveling involved. It was a great time. Um, I, be, kind of similar to last time, I want to um, kind of thank Steve Anderson um, because a, a lot of these opportunities kind of have stemmed from from him. I mean, originally just because of. So I just can I can thank him for a, for a lot and, and a lot of opportunities. So like a couple of things at that match. Um, so I shot outdoor dynamics uh, from, so that, that's the company who re- reloads ammunition over here in the U S and um, I think uh, it was 100% reliable. Uh, and I think I came in at 135 power factor flat, which is nice and uh, everything worked great. And so outdoor dynamics. And then also like, I mean, CR speed stuff is everything that I was using um, and no issues with any of that. Uh I obviously did not use a timer myself at the match, but I saw a ton of the AMG lab commanders, which is again, like I'm not, yeah, whatever the affiliation is with, um, with Alex over there. I mean, it was really cool to go back and you can see scores on when, when those timers were used on stages and you can see all of, you can see everything. So you can go back through a national match and I don't know, maybe half the timers were AMGs. I'm not sure, but a lot. That's impressive. And so that was super cool. So just a huge thanks to all those guys, um, Targets USA on the hat as well, because I got to work with his his swingers in practicing for that. And, and this match had a lot of swingers and moving targets. And so um, I felt really comfortable on him because I had an opportunity to to work that stuff in dry fire and, and live fire. So um, thank you, everyone. And thank you to you guys, too, because I think, you know, being on this show, I mean, it's it's a boost. It's a boost. It feels good to talk to you guys. And, and you guys are hilarious. So it, it like, I mean, just in the sense of getting the opportunity to talk about um, talk about shooting builds the understanding that that I have of it myself. So talking about it increases like my ability to think about it productively. And so it's good. I think it is helpful. I think that that, I mean, it's without question, it, it definitely is a benefit to get to talk to you guys. And, um, and then of, of course, Gaz, a huge thank you to you. Um, you've helped me a ton in the past year, really. I think that's, it was, it's been about a year since we started talking on a regular basis. Um, and so, uh, I've, I've learned so much from from you because of like your your experience and um, and Gaz is out there training all the time too. So like whenever he learns something, he can share it with me, and then and then I don't have to learn what Gaz spent hours learning. <laughs> so um, so thank you, thank you so much. Standing on the shoulders of giants—that's the way it works. So so all I heard is that thanks to us, Jacob. That that's what I heard. Yeah. Next year he's going to win. He's going to put Max in his place. Um, but we're going to go gently on him this time because it was his first time. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, wrap up there. we'll just wrap up the show now and we'll call it good. <laughs> uh, jokes aside, that Jay, uh, uh, Jay mentioned Steve Anderson and on 
Jay did a really good interview with with Steve on his podcast a couple of episodes ago. So that should still be up on, on your whatever podcast app you listen to. So I would check that out. It's a really good interview. And he's going to be too humble to say it. Gaz did a really cool interview with, with Steve the other day as well. So when you finish listening to this show and giving it the five-star review, then go download those two shows if you haven't listened and listen to them. Uh, it'll, it'll really benefit you. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's fantastic info in, in, in both those podcasts and we're going to try and hit maybe slightly different points to what uh, Steve hit in his show with you talking about the Nationals. Um, just so I mean, our show is going to be a little bit more serious, a little bit more focused. You know, we, we, there'll be absolutely no sort of talking rubbish or anything on our show. The shirt says it all. That's. <laughs> oh, do I have to put a shirt on now? I feel like Bert Kreischer. Um, <laughs> so uh, let's let's start off with uh, sort of general match stuff. Um, things like what time did you start? Which sessions did you shoot? How long were those sessions? And then we'll we'll take it from there. Yeah. So the um, so we flew in uh, flew into into Florida uh, the day before the match. Um, and we flew with uh, a couple of friends. So my brother uh, went with me. And then I, I said on the last show, my brother, um, our friend of ours, Saul, and uh, and Mark, who uh, flew with us as well. And so uh, we got in the day before the match, uh, kind of early afternoon. And we got there. And I think, I think the staff was just finishing up when we got to the range. So uh, we... I don't think I saw any of the staff shoot or maybe I did a couple on a couple of them, but we got to look at stages and actually walk on the stages. And so that's something us, any, any match you go to pretty much um, you get to walk on the stages physically. And the only thing you can't do is like touch the props or anything like that. Um, but you can, you can go on the stages, get kind of a rough idea for a plan. There was definitely it, I, I made changes on some of them after seeing people shoot and kind of getting a, a feel for things, but you get to gain a lot of comfort with what the stages will be like. So we walked the stages the day before, and then uh, we were shooting the same schedule as the super squad. So the first day was we uh, uh, afternoon start and then morning and then finish in the afternoon. So we started that afternoon at, I think it, I think 12.45 p.m. Uh, PM. And we finished at 4.45. So about four hours of shooting. It was that's a, that's a nice slow. short. That's yeah. not enough to make you tired and you, you'll still have energy for the next day. And that's, that's a nice session length. Yeah, it was nice. Um, the, and we got really lucky with the weather. Uh, so the, the p.m., a.m., p.m. squads, didn't really have to shoot in the rain. Um, there was a couple stages where maybe the, it had started or just there was a quick thing. Um, but we got really lucky with the rain. I know that AM, PM, AM squads got really rained on day two um, and day three. <laughs> so, and um, day three. Oh. And day three. There was some, some videos of people running through kind of just lakes, you know, just very deep puddles uh, splashing around, which I'm sure would have been a great time. But uh, <laughs> uh, but we got lucky with the weather. And um, yeah, so then the morning squads, we started, I think we started shooting at 7.45 a.m. and then finished at anywhere between like 11.45 and, and 12. 
Um, so crucified. Yeah. And how yeah. many stages were you shooting in those sessions? So those sessions were, I think, seven or eight, seven or eight stages. Can you guys still hear me? I lost yeah. camera for a sec. Okay. Um, seven or eight stages per day. Um, and I think that's right. Yeah, about seven or eight and then 21 stages total in about 480 rounds, 500 rounds. That's a, um, that's a substantial match. I mean, that's the, that's the size of our level fours. Right, yeah. Um, and you guys shoot your level, level fours in two days, right? Yeah, or full days. Yes. So there's a lot more. Yeah, there's a, there's a, it's, it's not as, the, the, you know, the, the Europeans do their level fours in that sort of half-day format and all of their level threes. Uh, and that's the way to do it. It's, you know, you, you're fresh, you're focused, but that's a whole other side discussion. <laughs> um, no, sorry, my phone was, I, we may have to edit this out. You can stop editing now, Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> that's staying in. That's staying in. So, so, Jay, just remember, that when we're done here, we need to tip that weatherman because yeah. we off we promised him something under the table if it would make it rain on the uh, other sessions, and uh, apparently oh, he did his job. So that was you guys. Thank you. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> it's just one of the services uh, services we offer for our uh, for our guests. Yeah, so that's <laughs> two known services. <laughs> yeah, two known services you guys do. The other one. Wait until you see the unknown service. Yeah, well, we have a hint at it with Cornet's shirt, and uh, so I guess <laughs> it's unlisted for the general public, but the uh, the guests get to see what it is. So yeah, <laughs> special privilege. <laughs> so you managed to avoid all the weather. Did you? Did you manage to avoid? Apparently, Frostproof is famous for um, the sun kind of whacking you just wrong on some stages. Did you manage to avoid that as well? Um, no, no, I, we did have that on a squad. So we started on the East side the morning that we started. Um, and so the sun was just coming up, like right as we're starting to shoot the first stage. And we had two short stages together, um, clumped up in that. So we shot them back to back where you'd stay loaded and go to the next one. Um, and so, uh, those two were shot one of them was faced a little bit away from the sun. So that wasn't an issue. And then the other one was shot pretty much directly into the sun. Um, and so with kind of, and we talked, I talked about this a little bit with Steve, but it's a little bit just on the, on the kind of preparing for doing that. So, you know, I've planned out in a day where I go out and, and look at the sun when it's shining through my dot. And so what's that look like? Um, what, what does that uh, kind of what does that do? Uh, and ultimately, it doesn't really do much. It doesn't affect anything. I know there were some people with the SROs, they'll get kind of a ghost dot up in a corner. Um, and mine had that on that stage. But the it was it was far enough to the side. And it was only on one target that I was drawing to. And so I knew that like I'm, I'm when I draw to that target, I'm going to be able to identify that false dot and, and my real one's going to be right there. 
and, and it'll be good to go. Um, I, you know, you tip your hat down a little bit in the sun and this, the targets are kind of silhouetted. So you can't see the scoring zones, but you just shoot the center of them. So it's good. Um, Target you say a handful of wind. Yeah, it was very functional as a brim sun, sun visor. Perfect. <laughs> um, and, uh, I know. So another thing that you can do with the SROs is, and some people did, um, was put tape over the front of the lens, which takes away the ghost dot. Mm -hmm. Um, but you obviously have tape over your lens, which isn't an issue because your, your other die, your other eye fills mm -hmm. in that image. Um, and so that's been actually kind of cool. And I've been doing that in dry fire just as kind of for fun anyway. Um, so I could have done that if it was really bad. Uh, but ultimately, I mean, people had it worse, I'm sure, but it was, it was cool. It's great to shoot in the sun. <laughs> <laughs> so that's an important training tip, the, uh, the, the shooting in various lighting conditions, even if you're not going to shoot a match like that, just seeing what, whether it's a, a dot or iron sight, just seeing what they look like and uh, what they do is something that I suspect is very much overlooked. Yeah, I, um, I tried to get it to work in dry fire as well like i put a light shining in my face and i couldn't get the ghost dot to appear um so i got the effect of the light shining in my face but i don't know if that helped or not and i didn't do that very long but i think it, maybe if you had the proper light at the proper angle you could kind of replicate that um and that'd be cool like why not i mean it's kind of fun and uh and then you you have a sense of of uh better preparation for something that maybe will happen or not so it's good. It, it'll eventually happen, even if it doesn't happen in this match that you're uh, preparing for. You'll you'll sure. definitely see it at some point. But oh yeah, it's not, it's not wasted effort. It's really good learning. And there's, yeah. there's value, even if it's a placebo effect, even if it makes you feel better. There's huge value to that. If you feel more confident, uh, that's 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 going to help as well. Yeah, because it would be a pretty uh, like, and I think it I, I mean, it, it must have happened for some people. I didn't see it directly, but where they you know had decided ahead of time okay well if the sun's in my eyes in the morning that stage is is not going to go well um and they've decided that ahead of time and and i think that you know why not make the reverse true you know so i i've decided that the sun if the, if the sun's in my eyes in my first couple of stages why why won't that go great you know i know that i there's something i have to see for every shot and so i'm gonna i'm gonna see that um, and I'm going to wait till I see that. And so, it, I mean, in, in reality, you can't make the sun move out your way. No. <laughs> can't you? No, I can't. Can you? <laughs> you get T to stand in just the right place on the range. You <laughs> be shade the whole day <laughs> in between two targets. Yeah. You, um, <laughs> the, the other thing, I mean, I guess you could, uh, which I said this on Steve's podcast, but you could wait for a cloud, which, did happen for one person on our squad. They didn't have to wait, but there, a cloud appeared and it was perfect for them. And they know who they are if they're listening. Um, <laughs> you got a cloud. It worked out well. <laughs> this is, you are this is man a little bit more than we do. This is the one where the RO is going, um, sir, you're on minute number seven of your load and make ready. <laughs> you <know? laughs> and he's like... I just need to go through my stage one more time while I wait for that cloud to show up. <laughs> that is fun. Yeah, the, the deciding it's not going to go well up front is not a winner's attitude. Um, it's, yeah, it's deciding to let stuff that shouldn't matter 
affect your uh, your overall match performance. Yeah, yeah it's out of, it's out of your personal control what happens there. So focus on what you can control, which is definitely your attitude towards it. Um, and I think it's so valuable to be able to understand that stuff before you even get to the match or, or kind of load that into your response to things that happen before you go to the match, um, as opposed to kind of trying to make those decisions as it's happening to you, because it's so easy to get sidetracked as events are going on that you haven't, that you haven't thought about ahead of time. And that's uh, all from like Lanny Bastrom stuff where his, you know, he has specific terminology on those techniques and techniques and those mental tools that you can use for for preparing to respond instead of react to, to circumstances because um, it, it sounds like one of those classic stages where you're probably not going to win the match on it but you could quite easily lose the match if you give up you know you you might shoot an, an 80 percent and lose 10 points to the guy with the yeah wins that it is english um but but if you kind of decide that you give up and, and, and you throw it away, you could very easily lose 40 points, which is a lot harder to fix. Yeah, yeah. And everybody's and we're spending a lot of time on this sun in the eyes topic, but that's fine. I think it's good. But everybody else is going to shoot with that, with the sun in their eyes at some point, too. I mean, I, maybe some people did in the evening as well. Um, and so every everybody's going to have to do it. And that's um, and that's part of it. So hmm. It's not a big deal. Um, and it, it doesn't just go for the sun in the eyes. Um, we have had quite a few matches here get canceled because it's wet or raining. Um, and I have shot matches where I've drained literally water out of carry ammo that I'd loaded into the gun when I left the range, when I got home. Um, and some guys will, will cancel a match for a little bit of drizzle. Other guys will make you shoot even when it's like you're standing in a dam. Yes, yeah. dead. Yes, dead. <laughs> <laughs> U.S. Nationals. Well, it turns out you're going to be shooting in the rain, so getting comfortable with that is probably important. Um, hey, the show must go on, man. Exactly. I mean, I have no problem with that. <laughs> but yeah, rain. Rain is another one. So, like, that was something that ahead of time that I was going to be ready for too. Um, and and I think a, a kind of a cool example on that. Um, Arik Levy was at that at that match. Firearms Nation podcast, and um, he uh, made a post during the match, I think, of him shooting in the rain. And uh, he said, it's a good thing. It's something along the lines of like, it's a good thing I love shooting in the rain. Um, and so that's, that's perfect. Um, you know, you, you have, like, if you let it in it, and maybe that could be even something where it's an advantage where you get when you're shooting in the rain, you get a kind of a a further bump into the subconscious ability or into a further subconscious performance um, because something has happened that's out of your control. So why not focus even more intently on your process and, and that one thought and, and you get a performance that, that is great. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, the other thing to consider as well is that can you imagine if shooters spent as much energy controlling what they can as what they do getting upset about what they can't control. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine the spin-off from that? Are you talking about a match where shooters aren't bitching about something? Yeah. 
I suppose it's so. too hot. It's too cold. It's too sunny. It's not sunny enough. The targets are too close, too far away. Uh, <laughs> wait, it's wet. I have to shoot targets and condoms. Like, <laughs> are those plates legal? Yeah. Why is the plates plate? are too big? The plates are too small. <laughs> <laughs> they're too close. They're too far. Why is the stage only plates? <laughs> Funny story. <laughs> Hey, for for uh, because I I suspect you might not know this, a legal IPSC stage has to have a piece of paper on it or pistol. Oh, so really? if you show up and it's it's all steel, that's not an IPSC stage. So <laughs> interesting. Sometimes you see those though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can you do them at like a level one, like a club match? Even that would be an illegal stage. Any any stage. So you, you're supposed to be following the rules of the game, even at a club match, even though generally they are applied a little bit less strictly. Okay, that makes sense. So the, the rules of the sport says that the stages and the target race have to be legal, even at a, a level one. But whether they are or not is a different story. Right. <laughs> so like we don't have Virginia counts anymore. We don't have... We, in IPSC, you can't force a reload, but in a level one, you can. You can require it as part of the stage briefing. Uh, but it's yeah. it's not very common. Right, right. Um, yeah, I think uh, there was three. So USPSA has all the classifiers. And so there was three. there were three new classifiers that got produced at this nationals. Um, and all of them were... Comstock, no, there's so no no mm. new Virginia count, which is cool, and I that's think that's awesome. happened the last two years. Um, and all of the the three new ones have uh, movement in them uh, as well. Excellent. So pretty cool. Um, at least you know, kind of. There's three different. You had to move to three different positions basically um, in each one of those stages. So that was it's kind of cool to have that. Mm. Um, so it's exciting, and and yeah, Virginia count might be. Kind of, kind of fading out a little bit. I know there's still a lot of classifiers that USPSA has with Virginia count. Um, and then they had, oh, they had one fixed time stage at mm. Nationals as well. Um, and so it was a fixed eight seconds, uh, which I guess that would be classified under Virginia count, but I don't think it's, I'm not exactly sure. Um, but so that was kind of a cool thing. There was, you know, there was fixed time at 22 yards or so. And then they had a second string closer uh, where you had strong hand as well. So that was a, that was a really cool stage. Oh, that's pretty cool. How did the new classifiers go for you? Uh, wait, can you say that one more time? How did the new classifiers go for you? The new classifiers stages? Uh, uh, they went pretty well. I think um, there was one. So the way USBSA puts them, so if there's anything below, so if you're classified as a GM, anything 90% and below won't even count. So it doesn't even show up on your average. Um, so there was a GM's 95%, am I correct then? That's right. So 5%, 5% below, 5% and below won't count. And then anything 90 to 100% will count. So there was two that were within the 90 to 100. And then there was one that was below the 90 um, on that. They just ran that uh, last night, actually. Um, well, this is different because you guys are going to release, release this podcast a little later. So time is, we're going to time travel. So that's really cool. Yes. It's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> 
We're famous for time traveling. I invited people to a match two weeks ago that happened the day before. <laughs> Episode release. Come join us yesterday for a match. <laughs> no one did. It was weird. I was. I was. <laughs> I'm trying part of this. So, Jay, okay, those, so- those classifiers, they those scores go into your classifier scoring system. But at the nationals, when you shot them, they counted as a stage result and they contributed to a match score. Is that correct? That's correct. And their their percentage of the match score is going to be different than their percentage of the classification score. Because I think what they've done is taken the top top 10 on that stage and then averaged that percentage. And then that average percentage is going to be the new 100% for that classifier, if that makes sense. Um, at least that's what I think. So um, my brother... Uh, Nick got a 100% uh, classifier out of that, which is pretty nice. Awesome. That's awesome. And, um, that's great. And that was on a stage. He finished, I think, fourth overall on that stage at, at the national. So that was cool. Um, he that did is, really well. That is so, really good. So while we're on the topic, I'm going to divert for, for three seconds because right. it was Nick's first nationals as well. It was. And he shot a 70% at his first nationals of Max Michelle. So, Nick, well done, dude. That is mm. that is a great result. Definite That's congratulations. Cool. Sidebar yeah. over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, him and Saul that we went with his first nationals and Mark his first nationals. So, um, yeah, good job, guys. It was awesome. And, and what a good group of um, to travel with, too. Like, so we, you know, there was, I think... Maybe it was after the second day where we were done shooting. We, you know, hung out in the hot tub at the hotel. So it was fun and just had a good time with everybody. So, um, That's and then again, like, hmm. oh yeah. Um, like the squad that we had, um, I was telling guys, but most everybody on that squad was master or grandmaster shooters. Um, and everyone on that squad was like people that I had known from like, Instagram or something like that. Like, I, you know, you know, everybody and it was really cool to get to, to meet everybody. And again, with like the whole match, like people come up to you and, and say, Hey, and then you see people and you're like, Oh, I, I know you. Um, and so, uh, we'll get some shout outs out of the way with that. Hello to everybody that we, <laughs> that, that I met down there. And, um, and that made like, what a cool event, you know, to get to go to and meet all these people that, take the sport seriously, but again, like take the sport in a, to a degree where it's a, so much fun to go and shoot with, with everybody who, who's really interested in the same thing. And so, and compete with and alongside. So the only person I am aware that was in your squad clearly thought that you did well. And I know that because you weren't memed on go fast and suck. <laughs> 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 Which maybe everyone else on the squad was memed by Go Fast and Suck. I don't know. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't see any of them. I just saw who was that guy, the dude who, who ran into the the barricade. Oh my buddy, John Flieger. Oh, there we go. Yeah, that, there. yeah, he was the only one that I saw. There might have been others, but that's the only one I saw. You know, we may have run into hey, don't you want the man to... has spectacular toast and dogs. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. So, Jay, do you want to elaborate on that whole wall story on that particular stage? Oh, on that uh, wall, yeah. What, I don't know if you're thinking the same thing I was, but um, when we got to that stage, that was the last stage that 
that our squad shot for the match. So we shot that on the third day. Um, and I walked over to the corner where everybody was hitting the wall. Um, and there was hash marks on the wall or tally marks on the wall for how many hits. And so <laughs> when, when our squad shot it, there were, there were six hits on the wall and one near miss. So, <laughs> so lots and lots of people did that. <laughs> So shout out to Shannon Smith for the uh, stage designs because he's bringing the marshal back into the shooting sports <laughs> by forcing physicality by running into stuff. <laughs> Making you run into barricades. I mean, I run through barricades, so, but I, I can teach you that. Famously. <laughs> yes. See, now, now those are the kind of things that make nationals truly memorable. Is you're coming back with stories and fun things like the tally on the wall that... One, everyone that didn't go misses out on unless they listen to the show. And two, that'll stick with you forever. I mean, it's probably a great bonding experience for the whole oh, squad yeah. looking at that going, ha ha, this dude hit the wall really hard. <laughs> Sorry, <dude. laughs> yeah, John will never get, uh, he'll never, you know, everyone's always going to remember that. And I'm sure it'll be brought yeah. up to him a lot. In, <laughs> um, so that's, it's great. It's great. You finished top 10 at, at Open Nationals, but ran into a wall. It also sound, it, it sounds a lot like something we've discussed in the show before as well. It's just like the, the great thing about the sport is you can have a bunch of guys in a squad who are directly competing with one another, who, who, who are there to beat one another. But where you get that sort of camaraderie and that that sort of that competitive and that that sort of wholesome sportsmanlike competitive spirit of one like wanting to beat your your squad mate, but not because he had a bad run. You want him to you want him to have the best run he's ever had, uh, and you just want to do and, and and it sounds like you had a bit of that, which is always it's probably the best thing in the whole sport. Yeah, that is is such a cool. Um yeah, it's such a cool atmosphere to be around. And, and again, like with this squad, it was just magnified from what we see with our local matches or anything like that, because you have literally everybody in the squad has been doing this for, you know, maybe a couple of years at least. And, and they're going to the nationals and, um, and the energy on the squad is really, it's really good. And, and there's the, that one person in particular who kind of, I think brings a lot of that energy from the go fast, don't suck. Um, and he, he brings that energy to the squad and that is really contagious throughout the whole, you know, it, the whole squad gets that. So there's, there's always such a huge excitement when someone shoots a stage well and everybody's clapping and cheering and, and thing. And, and so the energy throughout is, is amazing. And, um, and everybody's talking about, you know, if someone sees something on a stage uh, that, that wasn't talked about, they're going to bring it up and they're going to, you know, everybody's going to talk about it and, no one wants anybody to, to shoot poorly. Everyone wants each other to do well, while again, like you're saying, competing against each other. So that was huge. And that makes such a big difference. And I think I know that that feeling for a lot of people on different squads as, as well is the same. Um, and so really, really cool. That's one of my favorite things about the sport. Other than all the joking and the fun that we have is the fact that guys will look at people, what's T pulling his face at? Not joking and fun. We are serious. We're always Focus. super serious. It's like when a guy this. looks at the first shooter in the squad who shoots the stage and then walks back to everyone else in the squad and goes, I looked at the way he shot that. 
I think we should add an extra piece of paper before we move to the swinging targets mm. because it was a long wait. Or they go, ooh, it was really close for him. Like, uh, it's a little bit too spicy. Maybe you should cut out that steel plate that you're going to shoot and go straight to the swinger. That is some of the best bonding time that you'll ever have where guys come together and they go, well, you know what? I, I also saw something on the stage and I think we should consider doing it this way rather. Let's watch the next two guys and see if that's a, that's a good idea. It's, yeah. it's great. And, and especially when like everybody on that squad was at a really like very similar technical skill level. And so you have, you have everybody, you can get feedback from everybody like that. Um, mm-hmm. when it, on decision on decisions that you make with activative sequences. Um, and so especially that, so yeah, super cool. Um, and, and just really quick to jump back to the kind of having fun with everything. I think it's something that Steve says a lot, which is like, you know, take, take the very specific shooting part. Maybe I'm wrong about this, but take the very specific shooting part is taken very seriously, but everything else doesn't have to be taken very seriously at all. Um, and that's where you, uh, again, you get an atmosphere where, where you have an opportunity to have a really high level of performance because, because there's not, you're in the correct balance of where you need to be um, it was through that. And so you're not, overly focusing and, and you know you're not sitting in the corner visualizing the entire match and not talking to anybody um because that's that's that would be under over trying you know you you can put too much mental effort in um and especially if that's different than the mental effort that you put into your local matches then that's going to cause something different to happen technically and so yeah and for guys who for guys who only ever shoot local matches because they've never competed in a big match. And we have some guys who our next nationals is going to be really close to home. So we have a lot of shooters who have never shot a match of that size who will be going. If you've only ever shot a local match or, or a club match and you can spend the entire four hours that you're shooting or five hours you're shooting a club match visualizing, great for you. You're not going to do that over two days, eight hours a day, eight and a half hours a day. That's just not going to happen. It's... You need to have fun to keep the energy up. And when it's time to be serious, if it's if it's time to do walkthroughs or it's you're like on second standby, you're getting ready to shoot. And when you're shooting, be super serious. People will generally respect that and leave you alone and not mess with stuff. But the moment you come off, it's fun time. And it should be. <laughs> that actually, um, something I'm, I'm curious about just from, from your side, Jay, obviously you, you're... Your, your technical skills were, were your technical skills. I mean, that, as we all know, you couldn't change in the day. Your mental game for, 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 the, for the match was obviously where it needed to be. I mean, jokes aside, not blowing smoke or anything, you had a really solid finish. You, you, didn't, you, you, you obviously didn't get in your own way mentally. Did you find, because this is your first nationals, it, it's, it's the biggest match you've shot to date. Did you find that that the dynamic was different for you? Did, did, did you find the interaction with other, other people? So, so outside of the, the sort of mental, you know, the focus and, and, and all of that, which is really important, um, but did you find for yourself that the dynamic of, of dealing with the people and, and, and all of that was any different? Or, or was it just a, a, another, another squad of people you didn't know who were all kind of similar at, at another match further from home? I think it kind of makes sense. And let me know if if I'm, if I'm getting off track, but um, I think it was a little bit different in the sense that 
everybody that I talked to, um, or that, you know, everybody on our squad were, they, because maybe they're not always like this, but every, you know, everybody's gone to that match. And so there's a sense of everybody's taking it seriously to a, to a certain extent. Um, and so that's, a that was the only thing a little bit differently. Like nobody's going to that match, um, to a point where they're not, you know, taking it seriously at all. Um, I think there was somebody actually who shot that. That was their first USPSA match that they shot was a national. So that might be an exception. Uh, <laughs> I, I had heard, I had heard that, uh, some, somebody else said that they were on a squad with, with them. Um, there, it was their first match. So that might, yeah, that might be the exception to this, but other than that, like people are, people are there taking, you get a little bit more of a serious vibe from people um in how they behave and how they walk around on at the match um so i think that's the only thing other than that everybody it's it's like shooting with anybody else and and generally locally that's who i shoot with as well i, I shoot with the people who are taking it seriously um it, does that answer what kind of what you're thinking at all yeah, yeah no that that's uh, as i said it's, it's always interesting to kind of see those sort of interactions you know, the, yeah. we can watch the videos and stages, and it's always cooler than that. But uh, especially for guys who haven't shot a big match, um, it's, it's always nice to to kind of go to see guys' interactions, which is how it felt different. Want a bit of and and relates to that. Did did you see things that you're going to change going forward, um, or were you going to kind of? keep on the same path and, and maybe turn it up to 11, if that makes sense. Yeah. I kind of like the, uh, I like what you actually, I like the wording that you just used on that. So like keep on the same path, but turn it up to 11. That sounds pretty cool. That sounds really cool. Um, T-shirt so I, yeah, that's, we have to write it. We have to write that down. I'm going to write it down. Right. Well, I won't, I won't make you do any more editing Cornet. So I'm, I'll, it's fine. <laughs> you guys talk for a second while I write. <laughs> so while while Jay is writing that down, I want to say if you're the dude who went to a US Nationals for your very first USPSA match, hit us up. We'd love to know what was going through your head when you decided. Yeah. To do that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll make for a some, show out of you. For some reason, I feel like they may not be listening to this podcast, so it, I might be able to find out who that who that was. But um, yeah, <laughs> that's, <laughs> probably that's mental. Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. Um, and I wonder, yeah, I that's kind of cool. And 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 kind of along that same line, like if you are listening and you are like are thinking to yourself you know, I should probably compete a few more years before I go to my nationals. I just go. Um, I, if you can spare the time and you can spare the expense to go, there's, there is no harm in going at any skill level that you are. So if you just joined in, that was same with who we were shooting with Mark. This was his first season. He started this year. And, um, and I like to take a little bit of credit for it. He asked me early on, like, should I go to nationals or something like that? And I was like, Oh yeah, you should definitely go. Like, let's go. Um, and so I think like, you don't have to wait. I mean that you can, you can go and you can compete. And that's the cool thing about this sport. You can compete at the highest level of competition, um, wherever your level is. Uh, and so that's just super cool. Yeah. Attending big matches is 
It's not the best way to accelerate your, your learning because that's done through, through practice and deliberate practice and, and training under instructors. But it really opens your eyes to just how little you know. Um, I went to the level four. I'd been shooting uh, IPSC for I think about a year. I had never shot a, a truly big match. Level four came up. I registered for level four. I went to go shoot the level four. And I came back realizing that one, I was no good. But two, going, I want to be good. And I've seen so many variations on stages and, and, and uh, stage props and things that I had never seen before that I still don't have the opportunity to really train those unless they come up in a match. And that's not training, it's just competing. But I'm no longer walking into a match going, I don't even know what that target does. Um, it's important to get that sort of match fitness, that, that experience. And, and, and in a brief moment of being nice, I'm going to point out that since that match, Korn's game has lifted exponentially. Um, the dude who shot that match and the dude who shoots matches now are not, are not the same shooter. Yep. Okay. That's enough. Thank you, nice. And yeah, I won't even edit that out. Leave that in. And the other thing to consider with these big matches is that there's so much to learn that's not shooting. Mm. There, there's... Everything that's not shooting is all going to be a learning curve or a learning lesson for you to start. So the sooner you get out to those big matches, the sooner you can start learning those lessons. Yeah. Which are, at the end of the day, going to be valuable to your performance. Exactly. No, for sure. And, and guys, you, I mean, all of you guys have a, an understanding of this, but um, I mean, this was the first time shooting a multiple day match for myself and for a lot of other people. And so there's a, there's a degree in there of what do you need to do to keep your equipment running? What kind of maintenance do you need to do? Um, and like, what do you need to do to your glasses? Do you need to put kind of defogging some kind of application there? Do you need to do anything to optics and lenses? And, um, and so there's a huge lesson just in the preparation that you can take for it. And guys, if there's anything else on that that you want to add, but, um, just on the preparation side, but there's so much. And that's just such a huge part of it because you could be really, really good at shooting. But if you if you have an error in preparation, then it doesn't matter. Yeah, no, I agree completely. Lack so of preparation is going to hurt your performance no matter how, how good you are, how high up your skill set is. Yeah. So that is also level four taught me was I never want to shoot a gun that I'm forced to clean after every match day. Um, I, I literally saw people in our, no, 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 I, I don't clean my 1911s until people go, oh my word, those things are disgusting. I don't want to touch you, them because they work. Guns. Yeah, there are people who clean guns. And I remember vividly people in our, uh, uh, I don't know, hotel thing that we lived in for that match who were taking their guns apart every night, cleaning them completely and relubing them. And I thought to myself, one, if it's that close to the edge, if you have to reshoot a couple of stages in a single day you're in trouble. And two, I have seen people lose spares of guns when they take them apart, uh, never to be found again. And you're out the match because like, <laughs> oops, <laughs> like, whoops, there goes that spring. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. And that's it. So like, if that's the circumstance and if you have an oopsie like that, well, yeah. Do you have spare parts? Do you have another gun that you can switch to? Um, so like all of that comes in the preparation and then, and then even further into that, like, what are your travel plans? Like, do you have everything sorted out or do you have somebody that you're traveling with who knows 
about the traveling thing. So that's kind of in my circumstance. Like, I don't, I don't really know what's happening, but somebody else does. Um, and <laughs> they'll kind of guide me around. So, um, that's, that, that is part. so helpful. And, and people don't understand how, how helpful it is to have someone with you who can kind of go, this is how it works or, or this is how, because there's also these sort of cultural differences. I'm sure there were slightly different match culture things in, from, from what you have in Maine to what they did in Florida. Uh, and, and you kind of do things in a certain way. And, and it's really useful to have someone to go, no, 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 here they do this. Uh, right. <laughs> so yes, really cool. And, um, I'm jumping back to the airport an airport thing again. Like I was looking at a, uh, we were trying to find out where we were in the airport to find our rental car. And, um, I was looking at the airport map and uh saying oh let's go this way and then when we got to this way i realized that i was looking at the wrong airport that we, we weren't even at the airport that i was looking at so <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is why you know people people can uh yeah you somebody to be trustworthy either you need to know ahead of time exactly where you're going or you need to have somebody else who knows exactly where they're going um and so that was i think just kind of with lesson lessons learned um, doing this, yeah, doing the same thing, but turning it up to 11, um, the 11 might be some, some better preparation on my side for knowing kind of exactly where I need to be in dirt in every step of the way I'm getting to the match. Um, so that, that's one thing that just thinking of now, uh, looking at the wrong airport map. So, well, <laughs> we made it. That is, that is awesome. But I think also people don't often understand the the experience that that goes with that whole traveling to a match, and and it's not just the match. I mean, I, I remember my my first big sort of overseas match, and we got very fortunate. We got we got squatted with with some some really good shooters. I've never felt so useless in my life. Um, but just the, the whole experience of, of of seeing what they do and. And like getting to meet people, you know, the, like getting to meet people that, as you said earlier, you know, you've seen the dude on the grams or you've seen the, you know, you might be Facebook friends, but, you know, like all these people who, who some of them might be people that you've watched and gone, oh, it's so-and-so, wow. And then you get to spend time with him and you're like, he's, he's a dude like me. Uh, you know, you, you get to make friends with him and it, it's one of those, and it's something we repeat on the show all the time because it's just, the best thing about, about IPSC and, and, and USPSA, that, that that experience that you get with, with sort of like-minded people. Yeah. Yeah. It's super cool. And so again, yeah, again, back to that, like if you haven't traveled, if you haven't traveled to a match yet and you have the ability to do so, you have the time and the resources to do it. Um, it doesn't matter what you're, how long you've been in the sport or anything like that, but go and go and do it. It's, it's worth it. It's, it's such a good time. And you'll learn so much. So it probably lift your game as well. You know, that's the observation we've seen with a whole lot of guys. Yeah, I've seen it myself. You go overseas and shoot a match, or you, you travel to a big match, and and you come home, and you you've all of a sudden like, this is how they do it. This is, and and it makes it makes a difference. Uh, I mean, you you went big and went from shooting club matches to to shooting a three day nationals. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so like that, that being said, I mean, like, it, yeah, it would have been great if I could have gone to the nationals the year before, um, or, or any, I mean, I, I wouldn't change anything on, on how I've done it, but 
it was definitely even earlier in the year to travel to another another match that that I was able to shoot. So we did go on get on a plane to do that and flew down there and got to got, got to experience that before. Um, but even like yeah, I mean, I wouldn't change anything on the way that that I have done it up to this point. But I mean, that's yeah, I. Go go and do it if you haven't, because it's it's so much fun. You get to meet people, and um, it's a good time. We're do, we're in this to have fun, and I think that if we're not having fun, then we have to kind of reassess what what our purpose is in this, what our ultimate goal is. Um, and so it's it's good. It's such a good time. None of us are getting paid to do this. We're paying to do this. Yeah. We might as well have fun while we're paying for it. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Otherwise, why are you doing yeah. it? <laughs> and and moving forward, have have you have you? I mean, it's it's early days, but have you started thinking about next year? Uh, I mean, we discussed the next year's nationals before the show, but um, have you started thinking about what's happening next year? Have you started thinking about what you need to do, or, or are you still kind of just focused on now? Yeah. Um, so definitely thinking about what what is next and what I need to do. But yeah, I think again, Tarek, you're saying so many great things. Are you just focused on, are you just focused on now, which is kind of a really cool place to be like what? Um, Cause that's the, that's the moment that we can control is right now. So yeah, there's the plans have been made in, in what I will do, but yeah, focused on now, I'm going to have to write it down again, but well, I, <laughs> But that's that's a great point. So yeah, plans are made. I know what I need to do, um, and that is to do. That's to do everything that in in the moment and, and really competing and also competing in the now. Um, and that is really big. But yeah, I think there are specific things that I, I'm going to be working on and developing. I have opportunities to develop certain skills even more, um, and. Uh, and then also going to have a good time with it. So like last, you know, this past week I did all of my dry fire left hand, left hand only. So weekend only. And that was awesome. I mean, first of all, like guys, um, I can't see you right now, but you, you mentioned this, um, which was that it, it kind of peaks the interest in training or like changes things up a little bit. So, I'm put out of my comfort zone into a place where I haven't spent a lot of time. Obviously we need to develop that skill, but like doing it for this amount of time um, consistently is something I haven't done before. So all of my dry fire was done left hand only. And I got to learn a whole bunch of cool things. Um, and I got to make some new blisters on my hands. So that's good too. Um, American <laughs> uh, so, strikes again. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> you know you drop firing properly when you get weekend blisters yeah right i it's a pretty good one yeah the, today was my last day of doing that for the entire dry fire session so there was definitely some i think if i'd done it anymore i would have gotten some popped blisters so those aren't any fun we don't you know we don't have to get there all the time but um uh but definitely more interest there and so there's there's things like that that i've just been doing but um yeah going forward i have a lot of opportunities to work on on different aspects of the sport and so i'm really excited about it um while while continuing continuing to develop the mental side a lot because i know that i mean it's 
it has to be the, I think we have to put a lot of weight on there. Um, and, and so going to be fully kind of developing that as well in kind of making a few different changes there. Um, but for sure, I mean, kind of going, going at this turned up to 11. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> this is the best quote. I'm, I'm <laughs> okay. So it's official. It has to be on the shirt. Yeah. It, and need to have the same path, but turned up to 11. <laughs> can, can we, can we stop like blowing up Tyrick's ego? He's already not fitting on his camera. <laughs> he drops another base quote. I'm kicking him out of the meeting. It's like <laughs> Terry two, everyone else zero. Yes, exactly. I am. I am Miley Swift. Um, <laughs> related to that, and this this is probably going to be a much harder question to answer. And and I, I ask this because of a degree of of, of sort of personal interest, but. I think it's also something a, a, a lot of guys are going to be interested in. And it's, it's probably an impossible question to ask, answer, but I'm going to ask it anyway. You do a fantastic job of, of keeping your mind strong. Um, and, and maybe that's the wrong terminology, but you do a really good job of not from, 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 from sort of from the outside. Obviously, I, I, you know, no, no one can see what's happening, but, and, and, and Gaz is sort of similar. You do, you do a really good job of, of keeping yourself in a really strong mental place and, and of not letting things, or it doesn't appear that you let things get to you so much. Um, and, 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 and give us the, the short answer to how, I mean, I, I know that's a, that, that's, that's not a short answer, but it's just, I, I think it's something that, that I, I'm really interested in myself. And I think a lot of guys have been, how, how do you manage to stay in such a, a positive sort of place mentally and such a strong place. So that's, that's, um, that's really cool that it looks that way. No, <laughs> it's, um, I, but I do think that that, that has to be a part of, it because if it looks that way from the outside, then you begin to feel that way from the inside that you have, that you are in a place where you can control yourself, uh, mentally. Um, and I think like, so, so much of this stuff is learned from other people. So learned from, from Gaz, um, and seeing how, how you conduct yourself Gaz in outwardly. Um, and people like, people like Steve and people like Lanny Basham and, and everyone that those people are associated with. And then again, like with, with other shooters that you see that and you see it, you see it immediately, you know, um, and so I think the really quick, the really quick thing is something that, that made sense to me on another podcast that I was listening to. I shared this with Gaz, but, um, it is so mental toughness is, uh, broken up into, into different things. So doing hard things in training, uh, regularly. So doing things that you're uncomfortable with. So being uncomfortable a lot of the time. Um, so, so you gain from there. And then the other thing, which this is way easier said than, than done, but front loading optimism. So deciding ahead of time that you're going to be optimistic. And I think that this stuff just carries through, through life anyway. Um, and, and then awareness of your thoughts. So not trying to force control over your thoughts, because I don't, 
I don't think, I mean, I know I can't do that. I can't control my thoughts all the time, no matter what, but I can have awareness of them so that I can let them. I, there's like a whole bunch of great different words used like for it, but you can let them kind of go over your head like a cloud and they pass. Um, or like you can let them kind of fall over you like water where again, they'll pass, but you experience them, but they go away. Um, and the other one was, the other way of expressing that, which was kind of cool, was like, hey, uh, this is pretty funny. But so if you always have a, if there's a bird always sitting on your shoulder and it's always just pooping on your shoulder um, and you, and it's just always there. But what about if the bird lands on your shoulder and maybe you just kind of shoo it off and then you always do that. So it lands back on your shoulder and you shoo it off. And then eventually that bird is over sitting on a tree kind of near you. You can see it it's pooping, it's doing its thing, but it's not pooping on you. You can, you know, it's there. And so that, that's kind of, I kind of, I heard that somewhere else. And that's kind of a funny way of thinking about it. Um, and you could supplement the word pooping for the other word, which would make it more funny. Um, and so <laughs> we're keeping a clean show this, clean this show. week. <laughs> um, but you guys could, you guys can use that in the future and use the non-clean version. And it would be pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> we, um, we definitely will <laughs> you know we will um, so I think if if it's if it, if I'm going to make it really simple which is at least from my perspective of I, seeing other people like Gaz and like, like Steve like Lanny Basham you know they are people who live in the present tense um, and you said this too Tarek I mean We'll just keep on bumping. Tarek's getting lots of points, but um, you, you know, being in, being in the present, being in the present moment and just and observing and being in a state of, of observation. So I think that's probably the simplest way to put it, um, where you're in a, in a state of awareness without judgment. Um, and that could probably get really deep into some like Zen things that that Brian Enos talks about. Um, but I think that, that it, it's okay to let it be really simple. And that's, that's it. I mean, like a, a state of awareness without judgment. And I like that. I like it. That sounds good. Sounds good. I'm, I'm, I'm going to write that one down. <laughs> and I mean, from, from that perspective as well, from my experience, any time that you can have a negative mental balance is when you're more focused on something that's either going to happen that you can't control or something in the past that happened that you either couldn't control or didn't control and it still affects you. That's well put. That's, I like that because you're, you're taking, yeah. And that just applies throughout, throughout everything. But yeah, like specifically shooting a stage where you, you just shot a stage and it went great. And now you're on to the next stage. And so you have to be focused on what you need to do right now, not on the stage that just happened. Um, or vice versa in the future. You have to, you can't be focused on what is going to happen or what you think is going to happen. You have to just be focused on what you're doing right now and not too focused. You need to, there's a, de there's a degree of focus that you need to have, but, but, and that's learned through, through experience. But um, yeah, that's really, that's well put, guys. Yeah. Thanks. And I mean, um, from, from that side as well is, it's 
it's mo- you, you're monitoring your thoughts. But like Jay says, you can't be focused on your thoughts to the point like, I'm thinking this now, I'm thinking that now, I should fix this, I should fix that. I don't know what's going to happen then because you're going to wear that down completely. It becomes a case of just learning the skill set of monitoring what you're currently thinking and if it needs any sort of rectifying to bring you back into a more positive or neutral state, then you just adjust that according to what you need to do now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's observing and making corrections so you stay positive if needed. Otherwise, you just leave it be. Yeah, there and there's... And I think there's probably there's different mental tools that you can use to bring yourself back into that state. And I think that that's where so much of like um, the mental management from from Lanny Basham and the stuff that Steve has been teaching with it comes into play because you get all of these mental tools um, and and you get to develop them. And and like with that, I mean, we won't go into too much detail on it, but the you know, the the performance analysis journal or in the sense of like writing down things that you, that you did well, and then writing down opportunities that you have to work on things and writing down solutions to two places where you have an opportunity to learn um, and develop. And so like writing, especially for me has been important. And that's because you can only, you only get so much from thinking about something you get more about more from it. Uh, with talking about it and then you get even more maybe from writing about it or all, a combination of all of those. Um, so it's cool. And that's directly from Lanny Basham, you know, think about, write about and talk about. So, okay. so to clarify, you're saying the, the way to get better is not to walk off the stage and shout loudly to everyone and listen how much you suck. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> Are we, it's funny because like it's so it's really fun to joke about it and 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 it's and it's and that's good to do and it's and when some because that happens you know you observe that happening you watch other people come off a stage or during a stage where they'll shout out something that they did horribly during a stage while it is happening other um, people other people <laughs> <laughs> um and so that also is contagious so that happens and that spreads out through the rest of the squad but also the positive stuff can spread out through the rest of the squad as well um so when people are talking about talking about and and there's a fine line there because you can if you go around telling everybody how awesome you are um there don't do that that's that's a little <laughs> bit that's a little bit too much but but just Write in the that sense down, Derek. <laughs> you walk past another squad. Who's awesome? I, I hire a hype midget. Sorry. No, <laughs> yes. Somebody, hire somebody else. Hire somebody else to tell, tell us tell everyone else how awesome you are. <laughs> um, but yeah, so there, there's definitely a line there, but like, you know, uh, optimism is, is contagious. And so is the opposite of that. So let's, you know, be, be careful with, with how, how we talk to other people and, and, um, and what we make other people picture. Um, cause when we say words, it makes people picture things in their minds. Um, and, or, you know, picture things or play movies in their mind with the words that you have said. So the words that you say make other people picture things. And so let's be mindful of what those words make others and ourselves picture. Um, and so, yeah. On that, 
if you come off a stage and you're like, I'm going to mic on the next target that I shoot in the next array, or you're doing the walkthrough and you're like, I am going to have big difficulties with that, or I'm going to shoot that no shoot. Everyone in your, your squad is going to think that you're being a bit of a dum-dum. Um, because as you said, they're, they're now picturing shooting that no shoot when they should be picturing shooting the actual target. That's the, the one thing from that. The other one is maybe people will excuse your first temper tantrum after you have a bad stage, but by like the second or the third time it happens in a single match, people are no longer participating in that. Maybe this activator sequence is a bit too spicy. Let's do something else. They're no longer sharing that information with you because they don't want to be blamed by you when you fail. Um, it's not their fault, but they don't want to in, in any way participate in, in, in the negativity that you're, you're bringing to it. And you get shut out. And as a result, your match experience is just going to deteriorate because you're not getting any of that positive reinforcement, not getting any of the, the good insights from other shooters, and you're not getting the fun because people are avoiding you. So you're just going to slump in energy. It's, it's, a, it's a vicious cycle. Yeah, that's, that's well put, Corn. Not good enough for a t-shirt, but oh well. You know, you try. <laughs> it's a bit long for a t-shirt, isn't it? Like, uh, that, no, no, that, I was, that was a solid B-class comment. Well done. <laughs> Eric is going to lose so much of his comments in the editing. <laughs> and, and another question, Joe, and this is, this is probably, a, I don't even know if it's a possible one to answer, and it might be a slightly unfair question, so you can always tell me to um, buzz off. See, I'm, I'm being clean. How do you, how do you personally deal with that that switch from being sort of positive without being that annoying dude who like sort of pretends pretends things that aren't there? I don't know if once again, I don't know if I'm like making a huge amount of sense, but but you get the guys who do the. What, what I always think of is, is the serious Steve Anderson, and it's like, how was your stage? And, 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 and I'm not blaming Steve for this, it's, it's for the record, but you know, how was your stage? It was the stage sort of thing. And you're like, well, like, dude, what was your time on the stage? Because I want to get a rough idea. I don't know. I wasn't listening. Of course you were listening. We're all, we all listen to our times and go, yeah. Um, but but do you, how do you, you, you flip between like not being the, oh, I shot three mics or oh, I shot a Delta and, and being that sort of, I, I don't, I, I don't know. I just, or, or are you that guy? And we just have a night. No, I mean, that's definitely something I, I may be that guy. And, <laughs> um, and I know because, and I, and I, I think I know that I might be that guy sometimes because somebody will, they'll mention it they'll mention it to me. Um, you know, if somebody feels like, and that's, I guess that's who you surround yourself with. So if you're getting a little bit too far in one direction or the, or the other, and you're surrounded by people who are, who know <laughs> that, and they'd be like, Hey, you know, Jay, you really need to, um, like to just tone it back a little bit. Like, you um, and so I think, um, there I'm, I, I don't know how to answer that question because that's something I'm still working on. Um, on how to regulate that in the proper way, because too far in extremes in both directions is, it's too much. Um, and, and if you're, if you're that guy who's overly positive all of the time, it becomes a pattern just like the guy who is negative every single time after a stage or something like that. So 
yeah, I mean, we have to exercise caution in there. And so that's something that, um, yeah. So like, you know, somebody mentions it to you, you're like, ah, I'm going, okay. I'm I'm going a little too far on that direction. So like, let me take that as an opportunity here to, um, (laughs) kind of dial, just dial in on where I need to be. Um, and so that's pretty funny because yeah, I, yeah, I think that there, cause it can be annoying. It can be annoying to, to other people and you don't want to be annoying to other people. Um, so yeah, that's, I don't know how to answer it. I'm not, I'm not an expert in that realm, in that perfect balance. Um, I'd like to be, uh, and I'm, I, and we'll work to get there, but I don't know how to answer that. <laughs> As I, I didn't, I don't, I, I, I couldn't begin to try and think of the answer to that question. It's just, it, it, it was something that, that I think I noticed. I think we all probably noticed from time to time. You, you get the guys who, and as annoying as the guy who walks off the stage and went, goes four mics and blah, 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 and, and, and as much as damaging as, as that is, yes, sometimes it can be quite annoying. The, the guy who kind of, almost doesn't accept that something went well and, and, and not an ego, in an egotistical way. You know, it's, you go, dude, that was a really good stage. And he's like, I don't know. Some guys just get a little bit too zen and it's like, well, yeah. it was a good stage. Just say thank you and move along. Yeah. And I think, so that right there is a great, that's a great example of like, if somebody tells you, you did something well, say, Oh, thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I, and th- um, and that's okay to do that. And so, you know, there you go. And if somebody, so like maybe, maybe these are some, yes, these are some things that we will apply. So like, you know, if you do something that, that didn't go great and you don't come off the stage saying, saying, well, that was great. You know, that's the extreme. That's the, mm-hmm. that's the, you, you don't shout to everybody else in your squad. Like, Oh, that, that went awesome. You know, you maybe you don't say anything. Maybe the best route is not to say anything. Um, and and people people should pick up on that as well so like when somebody comes off a stage and they're they're maybe not like looking at anybody or smiling at anybody (laughs) like they they can go do their own thing and they'll sort their own line out um but yeah so that's really good to think about and and to be and to be working on those those skills because that is a skill like the mental side is a skill um and we have to train it just like we train the technical stuff um, it's probably the more difficult skill, to be honest. You know, the technical stuff, I think there were probably to, to use your that, that, that recent nationals that, that you competed in. There were probably 20 or 30 guys and the 209 guys, I think, in Gary Optics um, who, who had relatively simple or similar uh, technical skill sets. Uh, you know, I, I don't think that the technical skill set between Max and whoever came 20th is really that dramatically different. Uh, it, it's it's the ability, and, and that comes from the mental game, I think, that the ability to apply that technical skill. Uh, you, know, you may have had whoever came 17th, and I don't know who came 17th, so I'm not, I'm not picking on them, may have had a fantastical technical skill set and something went wrong and, and they let it melt them down. Um, I listened to an interview with, uh, with Rob Latham recently about uh, the single stack nationals he won as a senior or super senior or whatever, where he shot two mics in the first stage. Right. And I thought that was a great example of, of, of mental toughness where a lot of us would have walked off that stage and gone, I just started the match at two mics, it's done. 
Uh, and he kind of went, okay, well, that was stage one. Now we're going to shoot stage two, put the bumpy thing in the middle of the top and true it. So I think from that same episode, I think it's that same episode, was where uh, Rob said the difference between skill and talent is skill is something that you learn and work on, and talent is your ability to access that skill when you need it, regardless of the circumstances under which you need it, which was a, I may be butchering his definition, but that was a really good way of, of describing it where you can have identical technical skill, but you may not be able to access it because you're having mental issues when you absolutely need it. Yeah, that I should probably go back and listen to that and then write that down. Um, but <laughs> I th- that's really similar to... I'll send you a link to that show if you haven't listened to it. It was a Mike Seeklander podcast. Yeah, I listened to it one time, but I did not. I remember, I remember that part, and I didn't write it down. So I'm gonna, I'll re-listen to that because um, that was a, that was a good one. Um, uh, what does guys? You might have to help me with this one on like Lanny says in like you know five percent of the winning or no ninety five percent of the winning is done by guys. You're gonna have to help me, but yeah, yeah. I think it's 95% of the winning is done by 5% of the competitors. Yeah. And, and that's, the, the thing. that's it. And then the difference between that 5% and the other 95% is the self-image, um, which is the mental game. Um, and, but really like the mental game really kind of brought down into a super narrow picture is, is the self-image. Um, I mean, and wrapped up in that is so many different tools and techniques that you can use mentally, but it's got to be, it's got to start there. And so like, I mean, that, that if you start there, then I think you, you have a really cool opportunity to always be growing that. But then also at the same time, when you have your mental game dialed in your tech, your technical training is so much more efficient because you, you, I don't know, you have an, an, a, an increased level of awareness and ability to learn because you can learn so much faster if you, under, if you give yourself credit for doing something well um, and focusing on solutions, not on, uh, not on the problems. So that thing about if you believe you can, you probably can. If you believe you can't, you're probably right. You're probably, yeah, it's like, exactly, yeah. Yeah, it's that old Henry Ford, uh, Henry Ford quote. If you think you can, or yeah. you think you can't, you're right. Yep. Yeah, um, exactly. That's exactly. He was a weird dude, but he had his mind. <laughs> like Terry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we really, really need to do a shirt. I don't know if you guys have a capability of doing shirts, but that would be pretty cool. We, we're busy yeah, working on some shirt ideas. Yeah. <laughs> <Or> coming attraction. <laughs> oh, right. You, you, you guys have mentioned on another podcast that you're that you're coming up with shirts, so that's awesome. That's yeah. Great. We'll yeah. we'll we'll definitely get one to you. I mean, yeah, we'll definitely make sure you get some. medium medium oh, husky, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> extra medium, <laughs> extra medium. <laughs> We're looking forward to that. That's gonna be awesome. And there's there's a lot yeah. of knowledge bombs that got dropped in this one that uh, mm. that needs to be considered. I might even listen to this episode. Tarek has been, Tarek's been making us very proud. Not only has he been dry firing consistently, like really consistently, um, he's also been listening to some of our episodes, which is... Yeah, I actually listened to an episode the other day. 
You're making it a habit now, T. Let's not go too far. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, we've worked out that dry fire is really bad because the more I dry fire, the less stages I win. <laughs> he wins the matches by bigger and bigger percentages. <laughs> but he wins less stages. <laughs> <laughs> Got like an inverse proportional <laughs> distribution to it. It's weird. <laughs> but I will actually listen to this episode because I, I, there's been some really good stuff. And uh, I think uh, we really appreciate you spending time with us, Jay. We, we really appreciate you chatting to us. Uh, I think for, for, for the three of us, there, there's a whole lot of really good stuff. I think for our listeners, there's, there's some awesome stuff. Uh, and I hope our listeners kind of follow you on, on your various social media platforms, which we'll put links to in the in the show notes, because it's it's really cool to see what you've done in, in a relatively short period of time. Oh, sorry, a short period of time. Um, you, you've gone a long way in this game uh, and and you've done a hell of a lot. And I think uh, I think it's really good for our listeners to see that it's not you know, we, we get guys all the time who make the excuse that, oh, I can't, you know, so-and-so can do this because they're a robot or they're an alien or, you know, all the jokes everyone throws out. And it's like, no, dude, so-and-so does that because he works harder than you. Um, and, and I think, and I think, like, Joe side a goat farmer from Maine is probably not an alien, though it would be a really good sort of uh, cover. <laughs> but but it's another dude who's 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 done well not because of anything else simply because he, and and once again we're not blowing smoke up your backside it's just that's the way it is and you you've worked your 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 ass off to to, to get good um and and, and it shows and, and we kind of you know one of the things that one of the whole ideas behind the show was so that our listeners could go What's this guy done? It's not, you know, he's, he's not bestowed with magical skill. He doesn't have a, a $5,000 pistol. He doesn't have massive sponsorship that all he does every day is get, you know, waved with palm fronds by girls on a beach and, and shoots guns. It's a dude who, who like everyone, like the rest of us, has a full-time job, has things to do, has a family, and, and, and makes a plan and, and gets results. So, it, it's one of the things that, besides the fact that we, we, we like you, um, it's one of the reasons we're really glad that you come on the show because it's a it's a really good sort of um, it, it's something for our for our listeners and, and for us to look at and go like this this if you put the, if you do the work if you if if you get to work um, and keep getting to work this is what happens uh, so we, we're really grateful Joe we we really do appreciate the time you spent. Yeah, th- thank you. That that means a lot. So th- yeah, thank you. Um, so, I, yeah, go ahead, Korsh. So with that ginormous monologue that Terry just did. That's what I do. That is what he does. <laughs> you are welcome back anytime you feel like it. Okay. And when I say anytime you feel like it, it doesn't even have to be for a show. So if you cool. ever need to talk about match preparation or mental stuff or just have a nice fun talk, get the three of us up, we'll start a, a a session like this and uh we'll have a chat because like you said having these sorts of conversations are super important for continued development and, and improvement uh, they really are if you're if you're isolated from people with similar interests and a similar uh interest in improving you're going to be on the slow path unfortunately 
Yeah. So thank Yeah. Thanks for the opportunity guys. Cause um, yeah, like we, like you just said, Gordon, this is a, a really cool opportunity to get to discuss this, this kind of thing. So thanks for the invite again. And uh, yeah, I, um, it's cool to be back onto a podcast for an, a second, a second go around. Cause it's like, sometimes like the first one is, you know, we're, you know, people are getting to know each other. You're kind of doing the intro introduction stuff. So people, if, if you want that and go back and listen to the other one, but um, it, it's cool to get kind of deeper into some topics and talk about some other things in a different way. Um, and I didn't, we didn't run out of time this time, so it's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Thanks again for all your time, Jay. It's, it's, we really do appreciate it. And we like all the information and knowledge that you're willing to share with everybody. Um, and congratulations again on all of your gains and your improvements and all those sort of things. We're definitely proud of you. And then I just have one more question for you. Sure. Have you dropped in a five star rating yet? Ah. Uh. Mm, no, <laughs> I don't. I don't want to answer this question. I, look, okay. Oh, so here's judgment. Here's, judgment. <laughs> I um, I am going to. I'm going to do it. I I gave a really weak effort. Like actually, it was today. I I went and clicked on the the thing in the Facebook group to leave a review, and then I and then it brought me to a place where I had to go and log into something, and so then I I gave up. So that was my attempt and it's not acceptable and i i'm going to fix this <laughs> we we need we need positive self image here you can leave a positive review and as a result it is like you to leave a positive review and you know that's what that's what it is it my self image is not of one who leaves reviews on podcasts regularly um and uh, so that we're going to make a change and we're, we'll make it happen. <laughs> Otherwise, Gaz is going to get even grumpier. Yeah, I'm, I'm just thinking to myself, Jay, since you've had like, I mean, you're, you're among a, a, a very small number of people who've seen the inside of this thing that we call a podcast. Um, you're one of nine, in fact, at the moment. You can leave anonymous reviews. I mean, obviously, if there is a one-star review that pops in there and there is things mentioned that only people who have been on the show can possibly know. One uh, star, Cornet's shirt was terrible. <laughs> but anonymous is still an option, though. So. Okay. That, that may be the route, then. I, that's, that's what I need to do. So it, it'll happen. I mean, it's, I'm, I guess I'm just waiting for a, a show that would warrant a five-star review. Maybe that's what it does. <laughs> We've, we've got a show coming up. I just need to grab the title. Um, the show is called, and it will be dropping next Monday. Uh, it's called Jay Dropping Knowledge Bombs. Um, I've been told by some people I really trust and uh, don't really like, but really trust uh, that it's in f like a fantastic show. It's f like full of knowledge, full of the good stuff and satiric. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was going to say, if you want to show that you can give five star reviews, um, Eric Levy's got quite a good one. Bert Javinsky's got quite a good one. I quite like Joe Rogan's one. Uh, <laughs> uh, now, um, I, jumping back to just everything, yeah, I'm, I'm very, very thankful for all of you guys, and and this is always it's such a good time talking with you. You guys are hilarious, um, and you do pro produce pretty decent content um throughout 
the the, like the last star content. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> but the last, what was the last episode where you guys kind of put a combination of everything? And it was some real, some funny stuff that I forgot that was in that um, show, <laughs> in just all, all of the shows. So, um, yeah. But thank you guys. Uh, really, really, really appreciate it. Yeah, we can't wait to have you back on again. Uh, and we, 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 we're going to hit you up pretty soon to be warned. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and on that bombshell, later loses. <laughs>